doing the best that they can at this time. So I want to pray for the family again, if you guys wouldn't mind. Um, and I know you won't mind. So um, let's pray for them, and let's pray for the service tonight. Father, we just lift up the family to you, the Doyle family, and lift up all of them. Um, I pray, Father, that you would be with them and give them strength. Lord, uh, touch Jaylene, Lord, tonight. We know that you're with her. You've never left her nor forsaken her. You're inside of her. You know all that's going on. We pray peace and comfort to that family right now. And Father, we lift up this worship service to you tonight. We come together, gathering in the house of God. He says it's better to, to, to be a gatekeeper in the kingdom of heaven than the, than the richest man on earth. And we come tonight to honor and praise the name of our King, King Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please? Amen, amen. Father, we thank you. Are y'all ready to worship tonight? It's kind of taking me in a different... It's cutting songs out of my list, I guess you would say. Father, we thank you for interruptions, Lord. We thank you for leading and guiding, Father. And just like Pastor said, we ask that you would take over in this worship as we praise your name, God. Our fight is with weapons unseen. Your enemies crash to their knees as we cry out in worship. When trials unleash like a flood, the battle belongs to our God as we cry out in worship. The victory is yours, you're riding on the storm, your name is Kingdoms rise and fall, your throne withstands it all. Your name is unshaken. What hell meant to break me has failed. Now nothing will silence my praise. I will cry out in worship. The walls of the prison will shake. The chain-breaking king will rise to save. As we cry out in worship. Oh, yes, Lord. The victory is yours. You're riding on the storm. Your name is Kingdoms rise and fall, your throne withstands it all. Your name is unshaken, the victory is yours. You're riding on the storm, your name is unfailing. Though kingdoms rise and fall, your throne withstands it all. Your name Unshaken, you roar like thunder. Nothing can tame the Lord of all. 
said something this morning about <laughs> if we think we've lost it we just got to get back in praise we've got to go back to the root we've got to go back to the source there's a lot of times in my life that I short with my praise get a little ahead of myself and the Holy Spirit reminds me to just slow down He knows right where I am right where I am when I pick myself back up because He's holding all the pieces He's just waiting He's just waiting for us to continue that praise, to go back to the root. Father, tonight we just want to be still for just a moment in your presence. Father, I want to be still in your presence, God. I don't want to miss it. Father, take us back to the root tonight, God. Take us back to where our heart wants to praise for we want to worship God, for we slow down long enough to remember that you're in control. Your mercy, God, is the shade we want to live in, Father. Father, please restore our faith and hope again, God. Jesus for the sweet presence in this building tonight, God. Father, just an encounter with you is the reason why we come, God. Father, we just want to be still as you move, Lord.
sing that again. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to sing that one more time. Father, we want to thank you for speaking to us tonight, God. We thank you for being here, Lord. We thank you for that message, God, and we receive it, Lord. 
We love you, Father. We love you, Father. getting a sense from the Lord tonight that he says he is an everlasting love he loves us more than we can even comprehend if you've ever questioned the love of God know this that he loves you he loves us our finite minds can't always understand it, but he loves us. Thank you, Jesus. I just get this sense like 
And we'll get into the word here in a minute. I just want to do some more worship tonight. I just really feel like we need to do some worship. You know, there's those times when you need to press in. When you press in, God does things. God changes hearts. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but is there a couple more songs that we could sing tonight? Hey, you, you look like you already have a few. Okay. Well, honestly, these are one of those nights I'm stumped. I just have such a, I can sense God's presence tonight. And I just really feel like he wants to move. Um, let's take a minute here for a minute. Father, we worship you tonight. We glorify you. We exalt your holy name. We exalt your holy name. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts tonight. Have your way in our hearts. You search the deep things of God. You know those things. You know our feelings, our emotions, our heart tonight. Lord, we choose to worship you. We choose to exalt your name tonight and to lift up your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we be in the summertime? Should be Revelation and see. Oh, creation, I sing. 
that's not afraid of others around us or what others think, but that our focus is on worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Give us that heart, Lord, to worship you and to praise you. those sweet nights you can just sense God's presence and uh, we got to be obedient to that and let the Holy Spirit move um, I think sometimes we get our agenda and we want to do what we want to do and God has other plans and uh, um, you know thank you for Rick for being obedient to that uh, as we were worshiping God kept saying Rick and I looked up at him and he smiled at me and you know when God's working and and uh, you know God gave him the interpretation so God knows what he's doing so well good evening isn't God good thank you worship team thank you for all that you do that's awesome uh, can we give them a round of applause for doing that tonight listen we need to be thankful for the people that we have and the positions that we have our sound team uh, I, I know what it's like to go back into the sound booth run the overhead run back up here and preach a sermon so we need to be thankful for all the positions within the church. And I'm so thankful I don't have to run up there and sing because you all will be out of the building by now. So, Well, good evening. If you have your Bibles, please note with me to the book of James. We're going back to the book of James here. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, a few weeks. Um, should have a title. It's coming. There it is. Faith and motion, we're in part 10, James chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. And James gives a warning to the rich. Now, I have to look back here because it's not popping up there. So you guys are okay with that, right? So James chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, and then we're going to pray. <clears throat> James says, Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is a coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted. And moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you have failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on the earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. <clears throat> Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Let me stop there for a minute. God's coming is near. Don't get impatient for his coming. Don't get impatient for it. <clears throat> Number nine, verse nine. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. <clears throat> Pardon me. 
You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <coughs> Father God, first of all, I pray for a clearing of my throat, <coughs> these allergies. And then, Father, I pray that you will give us insight to, tonight. Give us understanding. Lord, we know James is giving a warning to certain individuals within the body of Christ. And we need that warning. Lord, a rebuke and a correction is important for us to grow in our maturity in you. I pray that each one of us, including myself, will listen to what your words say tonight. That it will be planted deep within our hearts. And that, Lord, we will be doers of the word, putting the word into practice. Lord, as your vessel, I can do nothing apart from you. Speak through me, Holy Spirit, by the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So, what is the misery that awaits those who put their trust in riches instead of God? And I think it skipped one of my, there it goes, words of warning. A misery awaits those who put their faith in their wealth. You know, the Apostle Paul said that the love of money, not money itself, but the love of money is the root of what? All evil. You know, we have this idea in America, and understand this, we are actually wealthy. Even the poor people in America are wealthy. I've been to some places in the world where poor is poor. We're, we're blessed. If you have a car that runs, you're blessed. If you have a roof over your head, you're blessed. If you have walls that keep the wind out, you're blessed. I, I, when I went to Bolivia, there's people that live. There was a young pastor, loved his people. God was moving. His wife had had a miscarriage, and uh, not a miscarriage, she was a stillborn baby. And he lived in a house, and he would have to go out and get his water to bring into his family. Uh, they, they didn't have a door on their house. They had a curtain. <clears throat> their church didn't have a roof. Yes, I will take water. That would be awesome. Thank you. Anybody have allergy problems this time of year? That wind's been blowing like crazy, and I've been sneezing like crazy. So thank you very much. But that guy loved Jesus. Jesus says where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Guys, if our treasure are the things of this world, that's where our heart's going to be. If our treasure is Jesus, that's where our heart's going to be. So James gives a warning to the rich. <clears throat> he's not saying it's wrong to be rich. What he's saying is don't put your faith in riches. So what is the misery that awaits those who put their trust in the riches instead of God? Let's go hold your spot here. Go with me to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, look with me in verses 19 through 31. When you guys know the story of the rich man of Lazarus? Luke chapter 16, verse 19, it says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. 
the time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Now, let me stop there for you. You guys remember Abraham's side is called Abraham's bosom, right? It, it, we believe it's in the earth. I don't know where. I mean, it could be a different, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, my brain, I hate this when this happens. Uh, anyways, it's somewhere in the earth is what the scripture says. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, he took those that were in paradise or Abraham's bosom and took them to heaven. And hell is still there. So that's where he was. The angels took him to Abraham's bosom or his side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. See, so he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. <clears throat> but Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets to let them listen to them. To listen to them. All right, let me rephrase that. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. So what is the misery that awaits those to put their trust in wealth? Listen, again, I've shared this before. You've heard me on Sunday mornings. I have never seen a U-Haul truck follow somebody to a graveside. You cannot take it with you. Your stuff is just stuff. I remember when I got my brand new Escort, 97 Escort, when I joined the service. And the reason why I had to get it is because mom wouldn't let me buy an old pickup truck to drive up to North Dakota. You know, mamas take care of their boys. And so... They co-signed for me. I got a brand new Escort. I remember how wonderful that was. I took care of that car. I cleaned it. I washed it. I remember when I first got my first dent. You know, it was at Walmart. Somebody took their car. Anybody ever have one of those? And you go in there and you start buffing it a little bit and trying to clean it out. After a while, that wore down, got beat up. The struts were starting to go out in it, so it bounced a little bit when I got out of the service. But I had to get me something new. It wasn't new anymore. The things of this earth were going to pass away, but the things that you build up for the kingdom are going to last forever. So James tells us, don't put your faith in riches or in your wealth or the things that you have because they can be taken from you just like that. We're... we're it's a benefit to us here in the United States that we have not ever been invaded. Other countries, people have been invaded and things taken to them. Taken from them, I'm sorry, not to them, but from them. If you read some of the stories that after World War II in East Germany of the people that once lived in wealth and all the things that were taken from them and, and how they lived in, in tyranny and under communism, you would be appreciated of what you have now. So do not put your, uh, uh, your 
faith in riches. Verse 1, he says in James chapter 5, if you'll turn back there with me. He says, now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. James tells his readers that they should mourn and weep because their destiny is horrible. Now again, he's speaking to those that are putting their faith in what? In riches, in the things of this world. We see this with a lot of celebrities, don't we? It just breaks my heart, some of the things that they do and their actions and even, even some of these singers and the things that they do up on stage. It's just, and they don't realize that this life is but a mist. It can be taken from them that quick and eternity is forever. How about believers? We do that as believers. Especially here in the West, we have everything at our hands and feet, we can go anywhere, we can eat anywhere, we can stop anywhere, we have restaurants, we have, we have a, a, a shops and clothing shops, and we can buy things and get things, and we have a lot of things that are available to us, and if we're not careful, we'll try to feel the shape that only God can feel within our heart. Notice he talks about, you have hoarded wealth in the last days. James is, now last day started when Jesus did what? He ascended to heaven. But when you read the text of this, and some commentaries will, will speak of the times that we're living in. Now, I want you to hold your spot. This is not my notes. Go with me to Revelation chapter 3. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 3. We're going to look at, I believe, the last day's church. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. This is not in the notes up there. So if you have a Bible, it's important to bring your Bibles, right? <clears throat> you have found that I like to read from the Bible. I like to flip through the Bible. The church of Laodicea. What does he write to this church? Now, understand, some believe the angel is the pastor of the church. And he's writing this letter to this church in Laodicea. And he says to them, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Now, Laodicea was known for their hot springs. And, and, and the interesting thing about the city is it was a long ways away from the mountain springs. So they, made, they built aqueducts. And so by the time the water got from the springs to the city, it was what? Lukewarm. Now, how many of you love lukewarm water on a hot summer day? <clears throat> I can tell you that first little drink that you get out of the hose as a kid is lukewarm water. Sometimes it's hot, and it doesn't taste good. How about lukewarm coffee? Now, I can drink coffee whether it's hot, cold, or lukewarm. But I tell you, I like it hot. How many of you guys like your coffee hot? Some people like it cold, right? They like it iced. Uh, my wife wanted me to win one of those iced coffee things last night. It got beat out. Parker beat me. He took it. <clears throat> but nobody likes lukewarm stuff. And Jesus is speaking to this church, and he says, you're neither cold and you're not hot. You're lukewarm. 
I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about ready. One translation says, vomit you out of my mouth. That's a scary thought, that he is speaking to the church. Now, each one of these churches, the seven churches, represent, I think, individuals. I think they represent churches, but I also think they represent ages. And I think we're living in the Laodicea age. There's a lot of people that are lukewarm today. They have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, and they think they're okay with Jesus. You're either in or you're out. There's no in-between. There's no oscillating back and forth. The Bible calls that being double-minded. And he says this, he says in verse 17, You say, I'm rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You know, if you look at some of the churches in America, there's some beautiful, this is a beautiful building, right? How many of you guys like our new carpet? That's a beautiful thing. But our faith is not in the carpet or the pews, but in who? Jesus. I, I've heard the story that the old building used to be in town. What happened to that old building? It got burnt. These things can burn up. A tornado can come through and wipe things out. Carbondale Assembly. I used to take Berean classes there. When I was in the service, that F5 tornado came through, wiped out Chandler and wiped out the sanctuary. Now, God had a plan in that because he had been praying for us to churches to grow, but he couldn't get a way to find the church to grow. Well, God wiped it out and did it for him. And they were able to get the funds to grow the church. So God will use things. But he speaks to this church. Jesus is speaking to this last day's church, and he says, you think you're rich. And you've acquired wealth, and you don't need a thing. We don't need God. We, we have all this stuff. Guys, all this stuff without Jesus is nothing at all. If Jesus is in it, isn't in it, then it ain't worth it. And he calls them poor and wretched and pitiful and blind and naked. Then he says in verse 18, I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in fire. Now, I've talked about this. Gold refined in fire means purified. God wants to purify you and I. He wants us to be purified so that we reflect the image of Christ. How many of us like to be purified? Can I tell you, purification means you're put into the oven and it gets a little hotter? How many of you guys like a hot oven? You know, I was cooking a meal tonight. Stacy had a meal. And anybody ever have a, a, bean, a green bean casserole with the, you know, tater tot casserole? Oh, we, she made, pre-made it last night. And we tried something different. We ran out of cream of uh, mushroom soup, so we used cream of chicken. Oh, it's better that way. Man, I fell in love with a new, uh, 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 you know, tater tot casserole. But anyways, you stick that in there, and the heat that comes from the oven, and I singe some of my hairs. My kids call me a gorilla sometimes because I got a lot of hair on me. And I came out singed. Heat burns. And it will burn off the dross and the things in our life. And Jesus says, listen, get gold refined in fire. Buy it so you can be rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. How many people are in church and they're still physically and spiritually blind and they don't know Christ? 
They go to church and they watch things they shouldn't watch or they listen to things they shouldn't listen to. Or they do things that they shouldn't do. Jesus says that we're that church in the last days. We don't have to be, though. We can be the church of Philadelphia. And I'll read that in a minute. Look what he says here, verse 19. Those whom I love, I do what? I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit says to the churches. And I know I got a little tense there, but I just, there's those times when the Holy Spirit just rises up within me, and I think it's a righteous anger that God gets tired of us, including myself, of lukewarmness and compromise. You don't preach that you don't hear preaching like that anymore. Do you guys know who Alice Cooper is? Did you know he's born again? How many of you have heard his testimony on Greg Laurie's show? If you get a chance, go go listen to his testimony. Do you know what he said? He said that when he was when he was uh, in the world, and you might I might have shared a little bit of this already with him, but I'm going to share it again. He said he was high on cocaine. He had been high in, a, in bed for five days. He woke up and his wife had left him. He was in a band, a successful band. You know, I think he's the one that wrote School's Out for Summer, right? How do I know all this? Because my dad, I grew up with 70s music. My dad listens to it, so I know some of this stuff. But he said that he called his wife and he said, listen, he said, What will it take for you to come back in relationship with me? She said, two things. Quit drugs and get in church. Well, understand this. Alice Cooper's daddy was a preacher. He grew up in church. I don't believe in once saved, always saved, and here's why. I believe you are secure in God, but you can walk away from the Lord. And we don't teach that anymore. It's in the Bible. You can't teach one thing and not another thing. It is in there. I'm not talking about performance, but you can kick God out of your life. It's in the Bible. And he knew that. And so of all the churches that his wife picked, his wife picked a fire and brimstone preacher. He said of all the churches that she had to pick, she had to pick one that didn't preach love but the fear of God. And he said, I'll never forget, I was sitting there, it was like the preacher was preaching right at me. And he said, I ended up going down and getting saved. He said, it wasn't the love of God that saved me that day, it was the fear of God, because he knew. He said, I knew that if I died, I'd be separated from God for all eternity. He knew enough about the truth, that's why do not quit preaching the truth to your kids. I had my daughter one day, Dad, why do I have to go to church? I said, because you're going. Well, I have to go because you're the pastor. I said, even if I wasn't the pastor, I'd be dragging you to church. And if you're 18 years old and still live in my house, I'm going to drag you to church because they live under your roof. And Jesus tells that he rebukes us and he loves us and disciplines us because of that love. And then he says, be earnest and repent. How many repentance services do we have anymore? 
more. It's about read seven, seven ways to be successful. The Bible tells us how to be successful. Let's go back to James here. Actually, I told you I was going to tell you about Philadelphia Church, but let me tell you about the Philadelphia Church. It says, though you are of, though you are of little strength, you have kept my word, you have not denied my name, and I'm going to keep you from the hour of trial that's coming on the whole world. Are you keeping his name? Are you keeping his word? Are you still serving him even though it gets difficulty? Man, my, my language is messed up. When I got kids, I'm telling you, I was talking to LaDonna before service. The more I'm around my kids, my grammar's going out the tubes. I got to start. Can I hang out with some adults for a while and get some of my grammar back here? So James gives a warning to these fish. Now, understand these rich people were doing something. He explains that, they, that these rich, those who are rich, well, they're going to be eaten up along with their possessions. Timothy, I read this earlier to you, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Before I get to 1 Timothy, I read that scripture for a reason. James is confronting these people because what they were doing is they had money, but they weren't paying those that were working for them a proper wage. They were robbing them. We call that greed. Most of them were getting paid at all. It's like telling somebody to come over to your house and trim your trees and not paying them at all. And that's exactly what they were doing. They were hoarding their riches. They weren't, they weren't paying the right wages. They were being dishonest. So I want to go back to this. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And then he says that some people eager for money have wandered from what? The faith. And pierced themselves with many griefs. I think of some of these famous singers that started off right and now have wandered from the faith. One of which is Katy Perry. I'm going to mention that name. Do you know her mama and daddy were evangelists and preached in the, in the United States? And she traveled with them? And when, for, when she first came out, she actually wrote a Christian album. And now she's writing albums that are against God and against who he is. They have wandered from the faith. I think of some of these Christian artists. Amy Grant. She has wandered from the faith. I know you're not supposed to say names, but I'm going to tell you. Do you know what she's doing? She's ha she, her and Vince Gill, she's married to Vince Gill now. She's got her niece is marrying another woman and she's doing the wedding on her property. Now, I know you need to be careful whose name you say, but that's the truth. There's a Baptist church I just heard about that's going to have this guy called Flaming Grant and he's a transvestite, a transgender, going to sing in their church. People are wandering from the truth. Let's go over to 1 Timothy real quick. We're going to close with this one and we'll pick up next week because it's getting late. But go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 16. And we're going to close with this one. The Apostle Paul, now I've shared with you before, but these are called the pastoral epistles. Pa Timothy was a young pastor and Paul's giving him advice. He's giving him godly counsel in these letters. And he says, 
In verse 6, but godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. Godliness with contentment. The problem with you and I is we want more, right? We're all like that. Now, I don't know about you, but the more I, and I'm, I know I'm still pretty young to some of you. I'm 46 years old. I'm, I'm middle-aged, but I'm finding that the older I get, the more I accumulate, and when I move, I get rid of stuff. When we moved here, I had to get rid of a bunch of stuff. It, it becomes junk. The things that you think are awesome when you first get them, next thing you know, you're like, when did I get this thing? Or your wife's like, just get rid of it. One of the things I can't part with are my models. I have models. I grew up making, building models with my dad. And, I, and my wife's like, you never work on them. Well, I never get a chance to work on them. But, but, yeah, I want to display them, but they're still in the boxes. I've never had a chance to work on the things. And she goes, you keep dragging them around everywhere. And I always say, one of these days. Anybody ever do one of those, one of these days? Yeah. But he says, godliness with contentment. Listen, guys, the, the, the key to not putting your faith in wealth is to be contented. To be happy with what God has given you. To be happy with what God has given you. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. The only thing I've ever seen anybody go to to, to the funeral home is in, in a, a suit or an outfit. Right? Verse 8, but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and to many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. At one of the churches I pastored, there was a lady. I don't remember her name, but she struggled with a gambling addiction. She lost all of her money. It put her into debt. It cost her her marriage. It become an addiction because that net, that, that your, your endorphins get gone. You get excited. Oh, I'm going to win. I'm going to get that extra money. And what you're doing is you're losing money instead of gaining money. How about the lottery? Come on now. I have to admit there's temptation when I see on the TV, $1 billion. But they've done a study of people that have won the lottery, and most of them are bankrupt within a few years. It says people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, again, have eager for money, have wandered from the faith, and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, put yourself in that spot there. But you, as a child of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, right standing with God, godliness, faith, Love, endurance, and gentleness. How many of you love to be around somebody that's loving all the time? When I get cranky, my kids run, right? Nobody wants to be around me. And then it takes my nurturing, loving wife to come in to calm everything down. I like using myself as an example, so I'm not picking on anybody else. I'm not that bad just because I'm saying this. Come on, I'm not the only one that has those moments, right? But it's good to be around those that love. How about endurance? Fighting the fight of faith. Look at verse 12. He says, fight the good fight of what? Faith. You have to keep fighting in your walk with God. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Notice he says that. You have eter when do we get eternal life? When we get saved. The minute you get saved, you get eternal life. But you've got to hold on to it. 
You can see that throughout the scripture. Don't throw it away. He says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Verse 13, in the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you. Now the word charge there means do this, Timothy. He's telling you and I, when God put this in the Bible, he's not just speaking to Timothy, he's speaking to you and I. So put your name there. I'll even put my name there. I charge you, Marcus, and put your name in there. I charge you to keep this command. What's the command? Without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. When's that appearing? The rapture of the church. <clears throat> and it's soon. I really do believe it's soon. Hallelujah. That's going to be a wonderful day. I still pray I'm preaching on the rapture when it happens. Wouldn't that be great? And Jesus comes back on that commercial. Boom, and my Bible hits the floor. Or we're in Walmart, right? And I'm sharing the gospel. No, I do. I, I, I meet them. You should, I, I love sharing the gospel with people. If you see me in Walmart, that's my place. Somebody said, do you live here? Pretty much. Until Jesus comes back. Verse 15, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the king of kings and lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in an approachable light, who, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. I want to read on to verse 17. Listen to what he says here. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to, to, be, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. <clears throat> He's not saying it's wrong to be rich. I know some rich people. I've been around them. And so, there are some rich people that really love Jesus, and they're good with their riches. He's not saying it's wrong to be rich. It's just what do you do with your riches? To whom much is given, much is required. If God has established you and given you lots of money, he's going to require more of you. Well, that got quiet when I said that. <clears throat> Notice he says in verse 18, command them to do good. And not to be arrogant. We have a, we have a tendency sometimes with the, within the church, I'm not saying here, understand that, right? You get that. I'm not picking on anybody here. I'm saying the church in general. Because you're like, Pastor just said this to us tonight. No, in the church sometimes we have a tendency to put people up on pedestals. And that's a dangerous place because there's only one that should be up on that pedestal. His name is Jesus. I even I get annoyed. I have never liked this. Now I have done it when I when I was a little bit younger, but I have it's always bothered me to go to a Christian concert to get an autograph. Now that's just me. I'm not picking on anybody that's done that, but for my own conviction, because it always goes back to my mind. Why do I need their autograph? Don't they put their shoes on the same way I do? Don't they put their pants on the same way? And sure, well, maybe not the same way. I mean, some people put it on this way. Or, but you still put, you know, 
My brain thinks that way. I have to correct myself. Well, maybe they don't do it that way. <laughs> you know, some people over the top of their head. But anyways, they still, they, still, they still live the way we do. They're just like us, right? So we need to be careful we're not arrogant in our wealth. But instead, and not to put our hope in those things, but instead put our hope in God who richly provides. Let me, can I tell you something? For those that are rich or that have good wealth or have lots of money, God gave you that. And he gave it to you for his kingdom. He trusted you that you would take care of it and do the right things with it. Now that doesn't mean us that aren't rich doesn't mean he can't trust us. He just has a different plan for us. Right? I think of these football players. Man, it just drives me nuts. Can I, can I just be honest with you? These are things I think. How is it that they make millions of dollars and all they do is throw pigskin around? Right? Or baseball players. There's not, football gets more uh, attendance than baseball, but they make more money than football players. Come on. I mean, the quarterback that we got for the Broncos, I think it was like $200 million contract. Man, can you just give me a little bit of that so I can pay out my student loans? Maybe he's listening. Do you hear that, Russell Wilson? I, I got student loans. You can pay them off for me. He, but he does command us to be good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. Finally, I want to read verses 20 and 21. And next week, we're going to look into this a little bit deeper. He tells Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in doing so have wandered from the faith. And then he says, grace be with you. He says, to guard what has been entrusted to your care. And I say that to those that have wealth. That's what James is saying. Guard what's been entrusted to you. You got gifts. Some of you have gifts I don't have. Some of you have talents that I don't have. Guard that. God's entrusted you with that. How about our kids and our grandkids? If you're taking care of grandkids for your kids, God has entrusted you to take care of them. That's a privilege, right? Hallelujah. If my kids can't do it, I'm going to reach them for the gospel. I love how God works. Can I tell you real quick before we close tonight? I did not know I came from a family of preachers. My great-grandfather, my dad's dad's dad, was a free Methodist pastor. I didn't know that. God called me to be a pastor at eight years old. I didn't know I had pastors in my family. My grandfather wandered from the faith for 40 years. He turned from the faith. He had one sister and five brothers, and they all turned from the faith. Now, some of them came back to the Lord later on. So it skipped a generation. My dad, when my mom and dad got married, my dad wasn't saved. My mom was. But I love how God works. Can I tell you, God will work in your generations. He will honor those that came before you. And, and God just decided, hey, that little short guy over here, I'm going to make him a preacher like his great-grandfather. I can't wait to see my great-grandfather. I've never met him. I didn't even know he was a pastor until he passed away when I was 16 years old. And I went, we have a pastor in our family? And I had forgotten that I was called to be a pastor. I love the way God works. 
So grandpas and grandmas, you invest into those kids. You pray for them. Be rich in good deeds. And you never know what could happen. We don't know how long it's going to be before Jesus comes back. I believe we're close because the seasons are there. But only the Father knows, right? Again, I'm going to share with you real quick. Don't, if you hear somebody say, Jesus is coming on this day, run. You have never heard me say that, and I won't say it because I don't know. I can say I, I kind of got a guess of how things are happening, but, man, it can still be 30 years from now. Do you know 30 years is like 30 seconds to God? So, guys, invest. If, if you have wealth and God's blessed you with it, man, be a blessing to others. Use it for the kingdom. Build up treasures in heaven. Be of good, good, good deeds and good attitude. Humble. You guys ready for one more story before I go? All right, I knew you guys would be all ready for that. You're like, come on, pastor. I shared this in Sunday school, but I'm going to share it, and I want to share it again. There was a man by the name of Letourneau. How many of you guys heard this in Sunday school? Letourneau was a Christian man, and he had a business with an unbeliever. And Letourneau, his business with this unbeliever collapsed. It, it failed. And he was praying one night, and he goes, God, why did it fail? And God says, for two reasons. You robbed me of your tithes and offerings, and you were in business with an unbeliever. Don't, believers don't be yoked to non-believers. Now, we think that's for marriage, but it could also mean for business. So he made a covenant out that night. I will pay tithes, my 10% of tithes, to the Lord. And he made a covenant, I will, not be, uh, I will not have a business with an unbeliever. He made this covenant out. That night he had a dream of these big, huge earth movers. I mean, gigantic ones, the size of houses. And that's where you got these big dump trucks. Now, Caterpillar makes them now. But the first ones were Laternos. And they're in the mines. These are those big dump trucks that are the size of houses that pick, I remember in Wyoming and the coal mines, they got these shovels that are bigger than this building. They got, they got a shovel that just fits in the sanctuary that it could fit all of us in it. That's just the shovel. That's not the, the massive machine itself. God gave them those ideas. And by the time he died, he was given 90% of tithes to the church and living on 10%. That's how much God blessed him. So everything that we have, do for the kingdom. Do all things under the glory of God. Everything that we have, give it your best. Are you going to be perfect at it? No, I'm not perfect at it. But God knows your heart. Give it to God. Give everything you can to Him, and God will honor you for that. God will open up doors and give you opportunities you've never had before. Why do you think I go to Walmart? It's great some of the opportunities that I get. I'm serious. God will, God will open up doors for you. I'm excited about it. I believe God's going to move. I just I got the sense. I'm just praying about it. You'll reach the loss. I've been praying for that. How many of you guys have been praying for new growth? New, unbelievers to get saved. I mean, transfers gross is all right because you need laborers, right? All right, you came over here, you're going to be a laborer. You're gonna, I'm going to put you to work, right? How many of you guys are at work? Oh, got quiet in here. If you have something you want to do, just come see me. We'll get it one. I didn't mean that to be condemning. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a little probe, you know. You ever been probed before? 
You guys have cattle, right? Don't you probe cattle? You get them going? All right. I think I've had enough. <laughs> Bow your head. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that you're so gracious. I thank you that you're gracious with me up here. Lord, this is, this is a reverential thing. This is your pulpit that I stand before. I feel privileged to do it, Lord. God, we feel privileged for the things that you've given us. Forgive us for the times where we've taken for granted or been ungrateful for the things that you've given us, Lord. Or the times that we have missed it or didn't listen to the Spirit or helped somebody when they were in need. God, help us to use everything that we can, all the abilities that you've given us, all the vocational abilities, and help us to do it for your kingdom. Help us to be your hands and feet. Lord, we're leaving this building and we're going into our mission field. Give us divine appointments. Lord, if, we're, if we have wealth, show us what we are to do with it because it's really your money, not ours. It belongs to you. You require us to only give 10%. You let us keep the other 90%. Help us, Lord, to bless you with not only our wealth, but the things that we have. And that includes me up here. God, use us for your kingdom. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming tonight. I know I kept you a little bit later, but guess what? You have something to think about tomorrow, right? Will you guys remember it? <laughs> God bless you. Have a good night. I'm here to pray with you if you need some prayer tonight.